Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Pay attention to this one, Matt. It's a little complicated. Matt recently canceled his sex tourism trip to North Korea after the death of Otto Warmbier. Half the world is filled with malnourished Asian girls, thought Matt, as he spun the globe with a sinister cackle. <laughs> that was, by the way, I almost cried when I saw that story. I don't know why. That kid from UVA just looked, reminded me of like every guy I kind of hung out with in college. Right. Like a, dr- a drunk, foolish guy who just like went to a hotel in North Korea and thought it would be really funny to steal a poster. Like a... A funny, kitschy, like political poster of, of uh, Jung off the wall. Yeah, and then they just basically let him die in prison for the next eighteen months. Slowly, I might have done the same thing. I totally would have done the same thing, or I would have hung out with the guys who did the same thing. And the fact that he died of botulism and he died of botulism is pretty is pretty bad. Well, that must show just how behind they are because, like the newsflash, it's really easy to test for botulism. So if you don't have it, uh, we all are going to know that. It's a weird excuse. It's a weird go-to. Well, apparently, to work what people are thing. saying is the reason they sent him back was he was in such bad condition, and they didn't really have any medical treatment for him yeah. because they're so backassed over there. They didn't really have any way to like make him not die, so they dropped him off with a couple weeks left of his life after after he'd gone too far. He was in a coma. Well, that's the thing when you think in North Korea, you think dystopian, you know, work camps and stuff. But uh, if you're like an American, you, there's a lot of booze going around, like the. The military, you know, the dictatorship, they're a huge fan of the booze. Yeah, I don't see North Korea as a great party town. I think you got to be party. Really? Really? Well, what else are you going to do? Well, there's no food, for one. There's one thing. There's no food. It's so like you... if you're holed up in Indianapolis for the night. You might just get oh, shit-canned rather... in your hotel. I'd rather be in North Korea. There's no, <laughs> just no doubt about it. This week's show is sponsored by the special election in Georgia. People keep talking about it like it's a thing, but I refuse to accept that it is. <laughs> A special election in Georgia, because after not caring about Georgia your entire life, now is the time. You know, I saw they spent $50 million so far on that congressional election, on mm-hmm. advertising, and it only took one sort of mediocre mind to say, like, hmm, $50 million could have fixed some of the back, backward, back-ass schools around here pretty well. Right. For these, like, all this money is, like, there's, like, all this right-wing money pouring in from, like, Texas to, like, the Republican and all this Hollywood money pouring in from the Democrat. For an entire waste of money for some Georgia special election. So one thing I hate about, well, it's one of the main things I hate about politics. And then people are going to make a really big deal about it. I just don't want to care about Georgia, Matt. Why do I have to care about Georgia? Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where that district is, but I, I don't think it's Atlanta. Even the part of Georgia you might care no. about. I lived in southern Georgia for two years, and I didn't care about Georgia when I lived in Georgia. It's just wait, watch the clock on the wall, waited for it to be over. Uh, if you want to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter, Last Men Podcast, or also Facebook, Last Men Podcast. I don't know the show. Uh, Matt, I believe you went to Harvard. Is that true? Couldn't afford it. Your, <laughs> that was your safety school? That was your safety school? <laughs> I love the term safety school. That always, always amused me. I'm now convinced, by the way, with some years under my belt, that college is the biggest waste of time and money ever devised by mankind, at least modern man. I think unless you're studying, like, computer sciences or some sort of engineering that college is just a generally a massive waste of resources for young people. Right. Well, and especially like when when you and <clears throat> and I went to college a little bit later, they weren't indoctrinating you with like uh it, like sort of insane uh neo progressive sort of uh <laughs> communist style yeah, politics. Yeah, that's true. Oh, but yeah, but also I think it was like you went to college because you needed to go to college to get a job. Or that was sort of the thing like your parents told you. Like, if you don't go to college, you won't get a job. And it was sort of true because I think the number, the rates of people going to college has gone skyrocket in the last 20 or 30 years. So, like, even 20 or 30 years ago, it was like 
twenty percent of the population went to a four year school. Yeah. Now it's like sixty percent or something like that. So it was like some. There was some. If you never know what school you went to, if you got a four year degree, there was some like, oh, a college boy. There was some. There was something about it that was sort of. And a lot of jobs said must have a college degree or something like that. And you're like, oh, okay. But now I don't think anyone gets jobs out of college. No, they don't. I mean, I was pretty realistic about it. I was like, so you know, my parents got me a loan and volunteered to pay the tuition. So I'm like, well, this is four years of essentially free room. Drinking, drinking. I mean, I still have to pay the rent, but I'm saying, like, no job, like, you know. Yeah, you know. well, I mean, some people, I mean, work the cause, whatever it is, but it's like now it's like clearly a big joke because now you just go into deep debt. The job opportunities are very slim unless you're in a sci- some sort of hard science. Yeah. And you're, now, you, now you're the exact same person you were 25 years ago, except you come out with $100,000 in debt you have to pay off. And then you get really upset about it and feel like you got gypped. And by the way, I think people are being gypped because no one tells them when they're 18 that, by the way, this college will not get you a job. Are you going to owe all this money when you get out? Yeah. There should be some giant disclaimer saying, this is probably the worst financial decision you'll ever make in your life. Do you still want to go? Because well, all the parents are still locked into the old school mindset where they're like, well, that's what you do. You know, you go to college. It's like, well, the economy's collapsed twice yes. since these kids were born, you know, um, <clears throat> and it's just not like that anymore. And by the way, colleges are increasingly looked at as a fucking joke because a lot of them are like... With the liberal arts programs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, for sure. And there's also, I, there was a recent study out, before we get to your Harvard schooling, uh, that there's like 5 million unfilled jobs in the U.S. that don't require, co- I mean, skilled <laughs> trade jobs, uh-huh. like paying 50000 plus a year that require zero college, that are unfilled, right. that we just can't fill. Tra- electricians, plumbers, carpenters, you know, whatever, crafts, craft people, where you have to go apprentice for a couple years to learn your craft. Yeah. We can make a nice living. You don't need to go to college at all, and you can get started when you're 18 or 19, some as people used to do. Guys in some class reading fucking T.S. Eliot, yes. it's like garbage-ass poetry. With the name men changed to woman or whatever <laughs> pronouns changed. Uh, by the way, all I, so you know, since uh, you're going to send your kids to fancy prep schools when you get older, or when you have kids, if you have sex with a woman, uh, you would now have to identify your preferred gender pronoun on the applications. Oh. That's a new, that's a new thing now. I'd go with male, probably. <laughs> It's going to be up to your child. There'll be if a I was a woman, I'd probably go female. <laughs> yes. Those are the traditional options no longer. In Oregon, you can, you can be neither now. You can do like an X. Yeah, Germany, the country of Germany is moving to that now in their passports. You can go with uh, no gender specific. I'm going to do that next time I uh, have to register for a license because, I don't know, just in case someone's like, you can't piss in the women's bathroom i'll just be like what do you, what the fuck does this look like my only my only impotent ode to this is when i fill out those like government forms that says gender male female wish not to decline wish to decline mm. i always put wish to decline and never answer yeah and i always feel like i'm doing something important <laughs> <laughs> even, though, even though i know i'm not you know if they're offering if they're offering that option i'm taking that option so, matt so 10 kids at harvard i know you love kids who go to harvard uh, there are future business leaders, our hedge fund managers, our politicians ripping people off. Uh, I only knew one Harvard guy. He's a huge douchebag. Well, Obama was a Harvard guy. Don't you love Obama? Was he a Har- He was a Harvard guy. Yeah. Al I Gore. I didn't know him personally, though. We no, I don't. shoot hoops at the YMCA. Uh, I think Ivy League kids get a bad rap. But they, so 10 kids got into Harvard this year. They were all excited to go. And then they formed some sort of Facebook group. Why would you have a private Facebook group? That seems like a bad idea. And their social media accounts, and they were passing around memes, I guess, that were very mean-spirited and, 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 and not ethnically sensitive and racial in some way. Not hurtful racial, but sort of insensible. They were your run-of-the-mill racist memes that anytime you're like, I wonder what that guy from high school is doing, and you go look at his Facebook page. Yes. It's just that. Yes. 
We, like, all, we all know what they are. Yeah, and you don't hate the guy, but you're kind of like, really? You're really posting on social media? But when you're 17, I mean, how fucking stupid are, are men at seven, boys specifically at 17 or 18? That's the height of the dumbest point of your entire, of your entire life yeah. in terms of your personal decisions. I mean, Plus yeah. you're real full of yourself for just getting into Harvard. You're real full of yourself for getting to Harvard. It seems like your future is locked. You're really excited. You're graduating high school. You're probably now drinking for the first time ever because you, you got your straight A's or whatever. And so these kids were started posting some shit on social media. Harvard saw it because they were scanning it, and they pulled back the offer from 10, ki- you know, from 10 kids. And this is not like that kid. Did you see that kid from Oregon State, the pitcher from Oregon State? Oh, yeah, the child molester. Who's a, turned out to be on the sex offender list for molesting a four-year-old. Small small little crime. He was supposed to be the number one uh, college uh, player picked in the draft, by the way. Oh, he's going to drop like ten spots now. No, they're not. The team, no, the, uh, oh, you're talking about the old pro sports league. Now they can't take him anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, they all blackball him. They all agree. I mean, once what, like five teams came out and said we're not going to have a sexual predator on our team, that sort of forced the hand of the other ones. Good. Fuck him. Don't rape children. <laughs> yes. Well, there, I like the people's excuse. He was only 15. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, you got you to pass. Uh, He's only what, 18 right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like only a few years ago. Uh, I, think, I think sex offender uh, raping list should take me off of most things. So these kids, here's the point, Matt. These kids are obviously idiots, and they may be racist because they're going to Harvard, but they didn't seem like horrible racists. They're sort of like 2017 version of racist, which like old school racists would have laughed at as being weak. Well, that's the more everyone kind of calls you racist for, uh, you know, every little thing you do is, is racist or sexist. And it's like, no, like, we're, we're actually, we need to experience the actual racism. Like, they might have just been doing it for rebellion or just because they found it funny because it was so inappropriate. Like, I don't know that they actually were racist. I'm assuming that a lot of them were raised in the suburbs by their Republican dads, and they, they are somewhat racist. Uh, well, it was, but it wasn't like Bull Connor with a, with a hose shooting black people off the road. This is more like, I find this meme funny. I know it's kind of racist, but it's not that bad. It's funny, and I'm going to get some peer social points by passing it on looking cool. It's the same shit most kids have been doing, you know, in the locker room or in the hallways after class for ever since they were kids, right? Yeah, and you and I talked about this. If you you and I were 17 or 18 and everything was on social media, all the shit we did at 2 in the clock in the morning, all the private conversations we had, and one of our friends was cell phone recording and posting it to Facebook. We'd never work again. We would never go to school or if it worked or, you well, know, well, be able to run for political office. Your West Hollywood council member, <laughs> Ron, would have been debu- deflamed by all your gay jokes you made in high school. But or what are these kids... D- First of all, if I had the internet when I was 17 and I knew how to use it, I, uh, it would have just been all porn. I wouldn't have time for Facebook. I would have been jerking off to porn uh, seven, eight hours a day. Well, you know, but they assume they have time. They're doing that. Plus, they just got into this Harvard. So they're this little Harvard. We're going to Harvard group on Facebook. And they're trying to, like, get some peer status. So they're, like, trying to look cool and hip. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, everyone, everyone shows, I remember everyone shows up at college freshman year trying to act kind of cooler than they were. Yeah, you get to kind of reinvent yourself. Yes. If you're smart, you do a new name. I, I wasn't that smart. <laughs> well, people couldn't look you up back then. So you could be like, yeah, I played high school football. I was pretty badass. Uh, my girlfriend, my hot girlfriend from high school might be visiting soon. Yeah. <laughs> Just let you know. I used uh, to open for Brian Adams. Yeah. <laughs> you, now you can't do any of that shit. I really, I feel ba- I feel good for us that we didn't have to survive that generation. I also, I, I told you, I talked to, believe it or not, I give speeches to kids in schools. And the very first thing I tell them about social media is, A, don't ever post anything that's embarrassing or the least bit controversial. Mm-hmm. Because it'll be there. I mean, you're nine now. It'll be there when you're 39. And B, use a fucking fake name because there's no reason you should ever post anything 
Unless you're just going to do vanilla shit about, like, you know, baby pictures and salads on Facebook. Never have anything controversial under your name because it can only possibly hurt you. There's no way it can possibly help you. Unless you're kind of, like, marketing uh, an image or something. But no one's doing that when they're in high school. Unless no. Unless they're, like, way ahead of the curve. No. But, but people don't understand. It's like, employers are looking at this shit. Colleges are looking at this shit. Everybody's looking at this shit now. And they are, specifically, if you're going to Harvard, they're looking for one thing out of a thousand status updates that they can use to show that you are not politically correct or distasteful. And I think, by the way, they're doing it in defense. I think Harvard is doing it to defend themselves from future charges of this shit because they don't want their students found out as having this stuff on their social media accounts. Yeah. So this is kind of like a warning shot saying, look how serious we are. If you're going to our school, take all your bad shit off social media because we don't want these groups that are out to like make us look like we're the racist white people we are. Yeah, I mean, also Harvard, home of like some of the more secretive societies involved with uh, the Illuminati and the... On the planet that are, you know, responsible for plotting all kinds of horrible things. Oh, the Masons are hard at work there. So, Well, and actually, it was just last year or two years ago, they found that the soccer group had their secret Facebook group where they were talking, like, sexual shit about the female soccer players. They were rating all the girls on a scale of 1 to 10 on how attractive they are. Yes. I, what's the problem? I don't know. That's Facebook. That's how Facebook started at Harvard. I mean. <laughs> but you're not, supposed to do, you're not supposed to do that anymore. And clearly kids are still, kids, young people are still doing it. So I think Harvard was trying to send messages saying, like, look, don't put anything the least bit controversial on your social feeds because it looks bad for us and people are going to fucking search through your stuff to say, oh, Harvard student posted this, Harvard student posted that. Yeah, and you got to be smart in that. And they're probably like, you don't deserve to go to Harvard because you're already making fucking bonehead decisions, you know? That's the only part I agree with. By the time you're 17 or 18, if you got uh, some high score in your SATs, you should be smart enough not to, not to post. you got to know that's not the... Even if you find it funny, you got to know not to repost that shit. These kids grew up on social media. They've had 10 years of experience. Yeah. They should know, but they should know better than that. Fuck you, Harvard. That's all, that's all I want to say. Uh, Matt, later on you can explain your Harvard experience. Ivy Leagues, Ivy Leagues are not for you. You would, you would, not, have, you would not nearly have nearly as much fun. I would have probably just gotten a lot of fights because I would have been one of the tougher guys in the Ivy League, I think. Oh, you would have gone around like chesting up all like the little, like tiny little waspy kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know your dad runs forward. Fuck you. Let's fight. <laughs> okay. That's, that's why they didn't let you in. <laughs> I know uh, you're a big Carrie Fisher fan. Carrie Fisher being Princess Leia in Star Wars. Every man over 40 once masturbated to her. She, by the way, was exceptionally hot in the 70s. Even before the whole Princess Leia thing, she did movies where she was in bikinis and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. She was a very attractive uh, younger woman who turned into a not very attractive older woman by way of uh, mental illness, bipolar disease, and lots and lots of drugs and depression. Happens. Yeah, it does. So to the point that in the last Star Wars movie she was in, she looked like the obese, the only obese person in the future. <laughs> she was just like in the future. There, you figure like in the future when there's space travel, there'll be no obese people. But she was the one obese colonel, like <laughs> the one obese colonel in the movie. Well, in space, they are you know sedentary most of the time. They kind of just sit around in that in that spaceship, like Captain Kirk. Like, yeah, but you why figure, would he not be kind of? You figure they're not dining on triple cheeseburgers. They probably have little nutritional pills and stuff like that, and they probably have science to alleviate themselves of, of uh, diabetes and gluttony and all that stuff. Yeah. If you can do interst interstellar travel, you could probably stay away from uh, 3,000-calorie meals. 
It's true. You never see a guy in a spaceship working out, though. Although, I assume it would have all the same accoutrements as a nice cruise ship. So they yeah, could, they might have, have a gym down They probably there. have an elliptical somewhere in the future. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I want to point this out. Uh, they're now putting calorie counts in all the fast food menus and all the junk food menus. Mm-hmm. I find that the most distasteful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> what a way to ruin, like... I, I, I liken that to, like, having sex with a woman and... Near her, near her private parts is a list of all the sexual diseases she might, have, she might have, like all the things that can go wrong. It's kind of confusing to me because you're at the Chipotle and it's like chicken burrito between yes. 220 and 1700 calories. Yeah, it's like okay. Well, that's, well here's the one: the 1700 calorie one tastes really good. Yeah, and the 200 calorie one tastes like cardboard. Right. So you're saying loading it up with extra shit that's more calories per thing? Yeah, okay. it might be it might be the giant uh, wrapper, the sour cream, the guacamole, all that stuff, the cheese. Their guacamole portions, not to get off track, are way out of whack at Chipotle. I don't think it's good, but you don't need a fucking softball-sized <laughs> fucking pad of guacamole. They you a lot for it. All I'm saying is I don't want the burger thing to say like this meal is 1700 calories. When you're ordering, like, a burger and fries, like an In-N-Out burger. Yeah. Because I know that the food's bad for me, but now I know specifically how bad it is for me. And now you're just being passive-aggressive about the whole thing. Now you're saying, like, can I eat this? It's going to fucking kill you, but you know you want it. Yeah. I mean, you're assuming probably correctly that Americans are really fucking dumb if they don't understand that uh, the fast food is high in calories. Yeah. So now you're, having the, now you're eating the same food, and now you're just feeling shitty about it. I don't think it took that away from me. I don't know how we got him from Carrie Fisher to cheeseburgers. But so Carrie Fisher died on an airplane last fall, last December, when we also lost the great George Michael to fatty liver disease. Oh. And, uh, and, Matt, and fatty body disease. Fatty body and <laughs> lots and lots of drugs and, and, and bad gay sex. Uh, as opposed to good ba- gay sex, which keeps you alive forever, Matt, just so you know. Uh, so Carrie Fisher died. And they, she died on a plane flight. How creepy would that be, by the way, if someone died next to you on a plane flight? On a commercial flight? Yeah, commercial flight. Uh, from London to Los Angeles, which is about a 12, 13-hour flight. Do they throw them off the plane, or you just no? Sit they don't next do that. Them? No, that was Star Wars. They shoot them off in the little tubes <laughs> in the space. No, they don't. Yeah, I think you have to sit next to them. I don't. What do they do with the bodies? I don't know. There's not a whole lot of extra space. No, you get those little little those little drink carts. Don't have enough ice to put a body in there. If it's first class, you move them into coach. Obviously, I think you just put sunglasses on and put a blanket over, and you're, you're, you're there. I literally don't know what they would do with a dead human body on a 12 hour flight. I assume they leave them in the seat. Would anyone know you're dead? I mean, if I'm asleep on a, I mean, what's the difference between being just asked out on a flight after you had six mini bottles of Jack and being dead. You're probably true. Nobody would notice. In fact, on a flight, you probably get felt up if, you, if, you, if you're dead. <laughs> May not carry Fisher. So here's the thing. So they said that she died. Of, she had a heart attack, a cardiac arrest on the plane. Then she went to a coma. She died when she got back to Los Angeles. Sort of like Otto Warmbier. Uh, oh, conveniently, she died when she got back. Yes. Convenient for them. Convenient <laughs> for the airline. As soon as the plane landed and, you know, they were... She was off our property. Yes. She, she suddenly Just, by the way, the same thing happened to that giant rabbit they were shipping from England <laughs> to the U.S. United insisted it was alive when it landed in Chicago, right. and it died later on. Therefore, it was alive on the flight and didn't die on the flight. Uh, so they, they said she had a heart attack, a heart illness, and that she had sleep apnea. They blamed it on sleep apnea, which is a real issue. It's a real medical condition. Mm-hmm. And yet no one can point to anyone who's ever died of sleep apnea before. If you read it, it always says, oh, it's a real serious condition. You can choke. You can, like, have a heart uh, can lead to heart attack later in life. And yet there's never – I look, there's never been a celebrity, celebrity before who's died of sleep apnea. However, there have been a lot of celebrities who've died of drugs. So there's always drugs involved in these situations. But some right, the media didn't report the drugs. They always – I asked you this before the show. I don't know why the media insists on not reporting drugs. The toxicology report came back finally, and it said she had cocaine, heroin, and ecstasy in her system. 
Which sounds like you on a Southwest flight to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and you only got 45 minutes, so you really got to pour it on really hard. Yeah. Like, how do you even do cocaine, heroin, and ecstasy all at the same time in a short, <laughs> short amount of time? That I don't seems, know. That's like binge. That's binge opioid. Isn't ecstasy just like uh, an amalgamation of a bunch of other drugs? Like, ecstasy is not its own thing, is it? I, don't, I have no idea. It's I some, think pure molly. Uh, but yeah, the, the tab- well, you're doing one way. You're doing a tablet, and then you're snorting, and then you're what you like? Are you? She's not shooting it up, probably. So she's smoking the heroin. I mean, it sounds like a lot of work. It does, and then you know, I mean, it seems like a lot of pre-flight pre-flight activity. I usually just get a bag of, bag of cashews and a water. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing, Matt. Why did they not? And everyone obviously knew this. They knew she had drug habit. She had mental illness. She was bipolar. So she was also taking you know drug med- uh, prescription medication for her condition. And yet she's also doing a shitload, obviously, of recreational drug. No one just leaps into cocaine, heroin, and, and ecstasy unless they're fucking, uh, you know, River Phoenix outside the club. So obviously she's been on for a while. Why is it the media refuses to report on the drug association with celebrity deaths? It does seem to be a double standard because the media uh, is constantly demonizing drugs. Anytime uh, some dumb fucking kid uh, takes some acid and jumps off a building, you know, that's the first thing they report on. It's, you know, drugs are... are Highly demonized, not coincidentally, because the prescription drug industry pays uh, the TV channels so much money. I knew I could count you for a corporate conspiracy. It is true. It's just basic business. I don't know how much the conspiracy involves, but seriously, yes, the pharmaceuticals have now dominated the recreational drug use. And and pharmaceutical drugs are more dangerous. I mean... Well, they're more dangerous or more readily... They're legal. Well, more people... Look, less people are uh, using pharmaceuticals than illegal drugs and more people are dying from the pharmaceutical drugs they're more dangerous yes they are they're highly dangerous they're very easy to get yeah and they're your doctor gives them to you like you should take these so you're kind of like okay sounds good now well, it was like tiger woods was found like incapacitated on the freeway and he's like no well i didn't have anything to drink and it's like do you hear about people dying from booze all the time like ODing? oh man he did a bunch of shots at the bar and he fucking died like yeah it happens but Way, way less often. Like, w- there's this insane fucking double standard. Tiger, by the way, Matt Tiger's getting help now. He's announced today he's getting help for his prescription drug problem. He needs to get help for his hair. His hair, his hair, just his life. <laughs> yes, and and also continuously fucking women who look like his ex-wife. <laughs> it's just a bad look. She was a hot woman, but at some point you, you you just look like a sad sad sack if you keep fucking women who look like your ex-wife. Yeah, it just it's just uh, after having sex with someone who looks like your sister, it's probably the second worst thing you well, can once do. Once you start getting kind of long in the tooth and, and pudgy and bald you're the guy that people stare at in the restaurant and make fun of it's not good which I certainly do so why do you think that, I mean why would they not George Michael they went to talk about the drug use Prince they like just no one wanted to talk about Percocet they just insisted he had the flu which is fucking like he had a really bad flu like people are dropping from the flu like this is 1917 <laughs> at the front line of World War One. like rich famous people with top notch medical conditions are dying from the flu these days yeah why won't I mean I, I honestly don't know the answer to this one, believe it or not. Uh, they just they refuse, and the toxicology report always going to come out in the U.S. at least, so you know the drug's going to be found later on. There's a new story, a, a usually bogus, sensationalized story in the news, like every week about some new drug, and, and it's like this scary drug that's yes. going to kill everyone. And it's like, okay, like not her- just anyone, high school honor students. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so heroin and cocaine. Uh, Ecstasy. Would be on that list, so I don't. I would think you know that they would actually over exaggerate it, like with everything else. Like, oh, now we're, now Clooney's going to die from fucking 
heroin or whatever. Like, who's next, you know? But it, it doesn't appear that. It's, it's swept under the rug. clint has got twins, by the way. Oh. Did you send him a gift? Every celebrity sent him a gift. See, I thought he was one of the last ones to hold out. Uh, he held out. I mean, he's 55 or 56. He held out pretty he had long. a pretty good run. I have to wait. You have to wait for the media, the inevitable media stories about how he loves changing diapers and walking around with the kids late at night and not sleeping and how hard that is, even though he lives in Lake Lake Como in a mansion with like 75 nannies. See, it, it depresses me because now when my friends have kids, first of all, they call you and they're like, guess what? And I'm like, I think I already know. And uh, like, yep. And I'm like, oh, I lost another friend. Like, we're never, never going to hang out again. Wow, man, that's happening to you right now. You're at that age when your friends are getting married and having kids, and, and you're being left behind. Yeah. And you're going to be the guy who, like tries to tell them all your cool party stories, and call them when you hear crying in the background, and they're like, I got to go, man. That's great. I'm glad that you. Uh, I'm glad you got laid and uh, whatever you did a funnel, and uh, that's fantastic. Well, right now they're certainly jealous. I, I think I slept till ten this morning. Ooh, with yeah. The AC on. Yeah. All by myself. I, I can tell you from being on the other side of that equation, they're really jealous of you for a little while, and then after a while they just see you as pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you exactly when that flips. So right now it's probably the, you're the cool single friend. Yeah. But at some point it will flip, well, and, you, and you will notice, you'll hear it like in their voice. They're talking to like like you're like you're homeless. <laughs> if you'll talk to the homeless like they're babies. Are well, you okay? Are you? Are you I plan it? on doing a lot of. Uh, gifts for the children yeah you know like hey i brought you guys this really cool thing you know so that'll make me look cool i'm essentially i want them to think that i'm cooler than their parents i think the only reason guys like clooney and DiCaprio go through all these women so much and so publicly is to try and maintain that that air of cool even as their friends think that they're kind of pathetic because mm-hmm. that flip is happening where their friends their married friends with kids are think they're pathetic so they have to keep fucking victoria's secret models to like keep up the ante and then at some point, they just give up, like Clooney, and just have babies with the conventional, you know. Well, ladies. it goes both ways, though. When you call me and go, hey, I'm coming to L.A., I go, great, cool. So we'll go, uh, we'll go out to the club. We'll go, we'll go to a game. They go, no, we're going to Legoland. I go, oh, fuck <laughs> off. You know. I'm just telling you. Like, as if that's what's on my mind. The flip is coming. I'm declaring the fact that we have no idea why the, why the press covers up, <laughs> covers up drugs. <laughs> I just, I don't, it's a phenomenon that, I, that can't be explained. I would love to talk to a reporter, which means now a girl who's 22 years old, <laughs> discuss why it is. I, I, my only theory being maybe they think like it hurts the legacy, like it's going to hurt the family, or like it's just mean to talk dead of the, you know, well, to could talk it ill be of the illegal? The, the only thing I could think of is maybe it's a legal thing if, if they irresponsibly come out and say Carrie it, Fisher died of an overdose, probably. Or whatever, then they could be sued because it's like, no, the coroner said... Uh, well, yeah, you can't say that, but you can say she's had a long history of drug addiction and rehab. At the very least, you should, that should be sort of... Yeah, no one knew that it was heroin, cocaine, and ecstasy. By the way, it's kind of shocking until the toxicology report came out. No one didn't, who knew that? Co- I mean, that's, a, that's an 80s old-school Belushi cocktail, man. That, you got to go way back for that shit. That just made me wonder if she was kind of just chilling at home, kind of watching The View and doing ecstasy. Because that is a pretty dark image. Uh, yes. And uh, but by the way, they're not going to digitally put her into the next Star Wars movies. Oh. Which is kind of sad. So I don't know. <laughs> but if it was, she'd be on X, which would be kind of cool. Matt, every, every man in Hollywood has a story. Every woman in Hollywood has a story. The story every woman has these days is about how she was forced to show up to a casting call in a bikini. Mm. You know, the, the horror stories of sexism in Hollywood, like like the context or like the hook changes every couple months. Like it was like at one point, it was probably like he tried to touch my tits or he may come back or like 
He made me do this. And now it's like a bikini. Like, showing up to casting in a bikini has become the new thing. Yeah, pretty soon it's going to be like, he talked about baseball. Yes. <laughs> it's just getting lamer and lamer. He said a word that rhymed with dick. <laughs> uh, so last week we talked about Allison. He's eating Br- a pickle. Yeah. <laughs> Allison, Br- by the way, I think at some point all the executives will just be women anyhow. So all the stories will run out. Uh, I look I look on uh, LinkedIn, as you know. I'm big on LinkedIn. And uh, every time I see a promotion in Hollywood now, it is a, uh, a white woman. There's not a single... I could go back in the last 100 promotions or new VP of so-and-so, president of so-and-so, and I would say 99 of the last 100 have been white women. Like high-profile jobs. Like high senior executive jobs at the studios have been uh, white women. I assume I'm seeing them because they are women. That's why they're promoting the promotion. But also, I just think that that's the only people they're hiring. They're only promoting white women. Women now, but since they don't have any minority women working there, only white women. Yeah, like diversity. You got blonde chick, brunette, yes. uh, Jewish chick, yes. German. I don't know Germans. No Germans, <laughs> no Germans in Hollywood. But uh, as far as I can tell, diversity really just means hiring white women now. Because white guys can't hire white guys anymore. So like, eh, I can't hire white guys anymore. Oh, let's hire white women. Look like my daughter or my wife. I'll now get yeah. off the jobs. Like that Huffington Post editorial board. Uh, I was like, I wonder why they're not publishing anything I sent them. Yes. And then uh, they were touting their diversity, but it was like 18 frumpy Frumpy, 20-something women. women from liberal arts colleges in the Northeast. Yeah. And, uh, that, and, no, and no, diverse, no diversity of thought whatsoever, by the way. Right. Uh, so the new thing is uh, bikini stories of women were forced to show up in bikinis to casting calls, which... By the way, it seems like every casting call I ever went to when I was young, when I was younger. I think the girls were trying to wear bikinis. That was kind of they were trying to re- wear very revealing tops. The girls wear very re- people don't know girls wear very revealing outfits to casting calls. Oh yes, if they have nice bodies. Yeah, yeah. No. Because that's how you get that's how you get hired. It it can't hurt you. Let's put it this way, it can't hurt you. Yeah, the secret to acting is being really good looking. That's how you get cast. Yeah. And by the way, just for the record, dudes who also have like ripped bodies also wear really tight pink t shirts. To casting calls. Well, the casting call V-neck, might V-neck. say uh, a day at the beach in Malibu. Yeah. So you kind of wear what's appropriate for that. If you're working out and you got a great body, you're going to show your body off at a casting call, even if it's for like 19th century Victorian peasant or whatever. Yeah. It does, it's not going to hurt you to have the cast director see that you're attractive. So Emmy Rossum was on a uh, uh, shameless, shameless TV show, which, by the way, I like, uh, panel. And here's the, here's the questions you get on panels now. A reporter says... Emmy, tell us about the time you were a victim of sexism in Hollywood. Right. Not, have you ever experienced it? Yes. Do you think the sexism is real? Yeah. Tell us the story. And then she like, thinks for a moment, like pause for a moment. And by the way, I think now every actress has a canned response to this question. So this is sort of like... Well, they all tell the same story, so... They all tell the same story, but I think it's now like... This is basically now people running for political office. They have canned responses to every question now. Right. You know, what, tell, how are you going to fix education? They have, have an answer. What's the sexism in Hollywood? So her answer was... She was cast, her, her, her agent, by the way, none of this story, no part of the story sounds like it actually happened, but it doesn't matter. You can just tell the story because no one's ever going to, no one's ever going to interrogate you on the details of these stories. I'm not sure why. I'd want to be like, well, I'd want to know who did this, um, for no, example. No, these, the stories always involve sexism, never involve a name, a date, a location, or anything you could actually challenge or verify. And and three, everyone just applauding you afterwards. <laughs> applauding you afterwards. I'd love to live in that fucking world, by the way. Yeah, that must uh, be nice. So she claimed she was up. She was up for a, a movie, and her agent said, "You're getting a movie. You're being cast as a lead female in this movie. Big big movie coming out. They want you no matter what." Which, by the way, never happens. That's never happened. I mean, that happens to like maybe an a, a t- total A list actress 
when they can get Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. That doesn't happen to Emmy Rossum. But you don't need to go in either. If they just offer you the thing, you don't need to go in. That never happens. You always have to go in. When do you not go in? I mean, if they can book, like I said, if they can book Chris Pratt or Jennifer Lawrence, you don't have to go in. Even then, they usually make you go in just as a practice, standard practice. Right. So she claims they wanted her to go in, and they said, the director said, I want to see her in a bikini. But a bikini top. Not even like a full bikini, just a bikini top or whatever. Shorts and a bikini. And Emmy Rossum said how in her story, like, I'm thinking like, okay, this makes sense. But only if in the script my character wears a bikini, then the, then it makes sense. So she read the script. Also, another unbelievable part. <laughs> nobody, there's a little hint. Nobody in Hollywood ever reads the scripts. There's not a single person that reads the scripts. The actors read their sides, and that's about it. There's nobody who reads scripts in Hollywood. Even the even the people who write the scripts don't read their own don't read their own scripts. Yeah, you can tell when you watch movies a lot of time. Yeah. So she claims there was no there was no in her in her movie role she would not be wearing a bikini. So she turned. Found it completely sexist and object, objectifying, and turned down the movie role. There is your third completely unbelievable. That's unbelievable. not believable whatsoever. <laughs> no. Why would you? <laughs> okay, so so and she's naked. And she's naked, by the way, in Shameless, like every other week on Shameless, or in her underwear running around topless and Shameless, which she'll tell you is part of her character, part of her character. But it's it's part of her character because the show decided to make it part of her character because she's got a great <laughs> body and they want to show her naked and get viewers. Uh, so I'm not I'm not sure if this story is completely fabricated or if she's just leaving out a bunch of details that are relevant to the story, such as what was actually in this script, because we don't know. I mean, she says it didn't call for a bikini, but we don't know. Uh, other scenario might be um, well, maybe the there were some rumors about her gaining weight, and this yes. is a hundred million dollar fucking budget yes. and you can't be walking around with a fucking muffin top because that's going to affect our bottom line. Yeah, if Harvard's, Harvard's digging deep into kids' social media accounts to see if they're posting insensitive memes, wouldn't someone who's producing a $100 million movie want to see if the leading lady who's going to be probably be like scantily clad through the movie has a nice body still? I mean, isn't that... Like, if you're shooting a, 50, a $500 porn movie, you're going to check out the actress before you give her the 500 bucks. Now I can just say, oh, Wendy, show up. We're going to do some double anal. We're going to do some double anal. Right. I'm spending 500 bucks here. I want to send me some topless photos to see what, I, see what you look like. It's a, big, it's, it's a huge fucking business investment. Did she say this was like a, like a major movie? Or was she said this a like big a, mo- She said a big... I mean, I'm sure it's not, you know, a, a Avengers or something like that, but a major motion picture where she was, going to be the, she was going to be the lead and she turned it down, which, again, is unbelievable. She would have had to audition for that. She's, no, she claimed her, her agent said it was hers if she wanted it. But she had to go in and meet the director while in a uh, showing off her bikini body. Which, by know. the way, how about the fact that, like, we always mention Shannon Tatum because he's naked in most of his movies. Shannon Tatum has to do the exact same thing. You think they're hiring? You think Chris Pratt wasn't reviewed for Guardians of the Galaxy with a trainer and Polaroids of his fucking abs and his, uh, you know, lat muscles and stuff like that? They probably looked at that shit every his progress every week towards that role. Yeah, it's just it's just part of making movies. They're essentially you know low grade pornos half the time. Yeah, there's more, there's more. One of my pet peeves, by the way, but Brian loves this shit. There's more male ass now in premium cable and movies than ever before. Than ever before, but more than women in naked ass. By the way, they feel obliged now to put naked man ass in sex scenes now constantly. Yeah, don't you think they're looking at the guy's asses before they cast him in these movie roles? I think I have some fat ass dude out there, like some, some dude with a big fucking ugly, <laughs> ugly fat ass in a bare ass scene. 
They're probably checking. They're probably checking the guy out in his fucking short. It's just common ways. sense. So how how does she advocate this is supposed to work? Like they just do the costumes the day of the shoot, or well, what? I think I think this. I think she's mix, mixing two uh, 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 virtue signaling issues here. One is that actors feel like they're artists and they shouldn't be reviewed for their. They shouldn't be reviewed for their superficial qualities. Okay, that's because they always feel like this is acting, and therefore if it's acting, my acting skills should be the only thing that matter. Once again, actors, actors, and actors refusing to accept the fact that it's a meat market and a good part of what they're being paid for. Have you looked around and noticed that we're all very attractive people? <laughs> Did they ever look around and go like, hey, have you all noticed that we're, like, we're the best-looking chicks in our high school? <laughs> or is that just a random coincidence? Well, that we, all, we also happen to be the best actors in the world? Not only that, but, I mean, spare me the, the fucking naive part where you don't fucking diet and work out all the time. Yes. You're, well, yeah. you're actively going for this certain thing. And also you're cast in a certain category. So Melissa McCarthy's not expected to show up in a bikini for a casting. In fact, if she loses weight, people get nervous. She's no. expected to be the fat, funny chick. If you're going to get paid a million dollars to show up on set for a week in a bikini, then that seems completely reasonable that you would have to go yeah. do... You need a fucking interview to work at... Fucking McDonald's, by the way. Uh, yeah, they should check out the bikinis. <laughs> check out their bikinis too. <laughs> I don't understand. And the second thing, besides the actors feeling like they're artists, they shouldn't—they're not bodies. It's not bodies. Is the fact that it's sex, somehow sexist, even though they're doing the same thing to men as they are to women. It is a meat market. They're, you're going to be scantily clad. The guys are going to be in fucking ripped, showing off their abs and shit like that. Guardians of the Galaxy had so much male skin showing. It was kind of ridiculous, more than the female. That's just how the movies are. They're selling your looks. People want to go see good-looking people on screen. They want to see people with tight abs and nice tits and all that stuff, and that's part of the reason you're getting paid so much money. It's being engineered now, too, to a degree, because even women would probably rather see a, a hot, naked chick than look at Ben Affleck's ass. Uh, oh, you said women? I thought you were, I was thinking about myself. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, I think you're right. I, I, it's just so funny that that's... I think she needs a better fake sexism story is what I'm saying to Emmy Rossum. Yeah, just if you're going to lie... Story. Here's the thing about lying. You can say anything you want. Yes. Uh, you don't have to make it sort of not really believable in your lie. That's that's the whole virtue of lying. And also, if you're going to lie, make it a whopper. Make it like... So, oh, by the way, so here's the kicker. So after she finished her speech about the bikini thing, she said, by the way, I want to say I never slept with anyone and get roles in Hollywood. Oh, so she fucked a lot of, <laughs> yeah, lot so of like, producers. I'm like... She just added, threw that in there, like, why not? As long as you're just getting away like, with, the, with the, the level of journalism, just say what you want and we'll print it as fact. Yeah. Just say that, too. Why not? I mean, no one, we certainly don't believe that. No, but how can a bikini, having to show up in a bikini be your worst sexist story in Hollywood? That blows the lid off the fact that Hollywood is this, I mean, sure, it was at one point long ago, that in 2010s, that it's still this horrible sexist place, like the Casey Affleck story we talked about before. Yeah. It's just the stories are weak now. They're not even good stories of, like, horrible sexist boss stories anymore. Well, in terms of, yeah, so sexist stories, she felt the need to add that she never fucked anyone to get a part in a movie, which I, no one really asked if she did. So that would either <laughs> no. mean that she, essentially every actor she knows has done that, or certainly there's a culture. So I would say maybe that would be even worse than your other story about the bikini. Yeah, if that would be expected of you to fuck someone. If to get it was, apart. if she had been propositioned like that, but name, it's just like Rose McGowan. She claims she was assaulted by two director producers in Hollywood. Will not name names, dates, look anything, anything. So you can just say shit, and it goes unchallenged as long as you don't mention a name. She didn't mention the name of the director. Why didn't she mention the name of the director? So he can keep abusing other women. Yes, by making them show up to get paid five million dollars to be in a bikini. <laughs> it sounds horrible. Matt, have you ever slept with somebody to get a uh, get a part? Huh? Uh, no. 
No, never for a job or anything. Have you ever slept with somebody? Then they told you you were so bad and bad. You're oh, not getting the part. <laughs> I did uh, in college. I um, I lived with some friends, and uh, two of them said you don't have to do any chores if you give us oral. And I jumped on that. Uh, this would be what was the guy's name? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that one was out there. Uh, I I think this that is, was pretty good. It was it was essentially I was on demand if I was home to to. To provide uh, oral sex, and it, and you saw that as a business transaction. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, I don't understand I why. I, I can understand why some some fat Roger Ailes wants you to like fucking lick him up and down his fucking fat rolls. I can see why a woman might get offended by that. <laughs> but getting paid five million dollars to show up in a bikini for a casting call or millions of dollars, whatever, just it's something a man a man will never understand why that's a problem. And I mean, your your story is just horribly from college story is horribly disgusting, and you don't see a problem with it. I don't really even see a problem with it. Although I'm not sure I still want to be friends. <laughs> but like the bikini story is not a story anymore. Stop it. Go back to like the time like Bob Evans was like you know trying to finger you for for jobs. I talked by the way with my favorite one of my favorite stories. I talked to a makeup woman who worked on she was working makeup on one of my productions, and she said she used to work with uh, in porn. You know, because a lot of half the women work in porn. I mean. You know, below the line, the production people, because that's where all the work is in, in L.A. Mm-hmm. And she said that she uh, stopped working on one set when uh, Ron Jeremy kept fingering her inside her spandex pants. See that? I don't agree with. <laughs> See that? I was like, oh, I said, you're going to love this set a lot better. <laughs> it's just not that bad. <laughs> Matt, we have our gender pay gap false story of the week. Every week we turn to a false story of gender pay gap. You know, by the way, the official gender pay gap was changed from 78, uh, women make 78% of men to 92% by the official organization of pay gap, whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. And there was not a sto- single story in the news about it. Like, they didn't admit that it was the same. They didn't admit that it doesn't exist. They couldn't admit that. But they admitted it now is 92%, which seems like a rather seismic shift from the 78%. Yeah, that seems pretty drastic. To, that's that's kind of like the Catholic Church being like, the uh, babies don't go to in between heaven and hell anymore. We just decided. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they Print did. it. They did that, by the way. Uh, yeah, but 92% is not a rallying cry. We only make 92.79% of men. And by the way, we all know from digging deeper in the facts, that's also false when you look at the reality of a it. A few stats from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which is the same source that these groups are, are citing on the gender pay gap. Women seek work much less often, and they're also uh, unemployed at a lesser rate than men. Yes. Uh, and while men and women in dual households, men still um, earn more than the woman 60% of the time. But in divorces, 3% of all alimony cases go to men. Did you see that uh, story I sent you about what company was it? Uh, one of the tech companies was offering unlimited well, one year, it wasn't Microsoft, somebody else was offering a one-year paternity leave for men, for men and women, and then you could leave work as much as you wanted to after that. And it was like, that's a real thing. Like, you could actually take a year off because they want you to raise good babies. Okay. And I was but like, who's working there, then? Unpaid interns? <laughs> well, that's the thing. They have to hire cheap labor to come and replace you. And also, why is your company paying for you to be a good parent? That doesn't make sense to me either. That's bizarre. If the job isn't conducive to being a good parent, why are you, why are you, why are you working there? None of this makes sense, but everyone's fighting to be better at paternity leave than anybody else. But women also do benefit from the mater- current maternity leave and the pa- fact that they are supported through their maternity usually. Anyhow. Yeah, which is a separate conversation, but it's like I, I don't think it, we should necessarily just assume that people have to pay for you to have a kid. If, if you want to have that conversation, but... I don't think that's like in, 
automatic that you can just have 30 kids and never fucking... Well, that was my feeling at the tech company, which is like everyone was applauding. Like, they're giving a year off for maternity leave to, like, raise your child in the first year. Like, a year paid... Vac- not vacation, you're working at home, but a year paid vacation from the company. And I thought, everyone's applauding this. Well, what about the people who don't have kids? Do you think they're applauding this? <laughs> like, I get, what, two weeks? They get, they get a year, and then they get to leave any days they want when, they, when their kid has something. I'm wrapping it up as I do, I'm none too pleased, yes. and I'm talking a lot of shit, and then I'm getting fired, by the way. Yeah, I'd ask for my extra full year salary, by the way, as a little, <laughs> a little bonus, since I'm not getting that. So this week was the uh, Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot played Wonder Woman. You have not seen the movie, Matt, because I know you won't see movies with female leads because of your extreme misogyny. <laughs> I finally saw the movie, and I think, uh, to be fair, I, I didn't like it that much. It was okay. It was just like every other comic book movie to me. Better, definitely better than the Batman Superman shit. But to me, it was basically uh, Captain America, but with a woman. Yeah. In fact, it was almost the exact same story. Uh, but also because it got a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think my, my expectations were a little overinflated when I saw it, that it was going to be a groundbreaking or somehow novel comic book movie, whereas it was just a pretty, like a B-plus comic book movie. Yeah. Good, but not great. It, there, was nothing, there was absolutely nothing great about it. They got me with that on Logan. Everyone's like, I heard Logan's amazing. And I went and saw Logan. I was like, this is kind of a corny comic book movie. But why was I expecting anything else? Well, I, I liked Logan in the sense that at least it was different. Well, first of all, spoiler alert, Brian, they killed him at the end. <laughs> so when have you seen like a hero die at the end of a movie? That never happens. And also they killed Patrick Stewart. So, wow, and really now we're at totally ruined the movie. But they killed the two, they killed the two X-Men in the movie, which I thought was kind of cool, and they died in a really gruesome old, old person way. Right. So I thought that alone was, like, you know, worthy of the fact that it was kind of a cool movie. This is just a Captain America, but with a woman. She kicks ass. a lot of CGI fighting scenes. There's some mythology backstory that makes no sense whatsoever. There's a love, there's a love interest that she can never really be with. Yeah, it's she's the same from shit. an island of lesbians, and how is she a baby? Uh, well, okay, Matt, she was, her mom told her she was made from clay and, and, and turned into a real child, but it turns out she was a daughter of Zeus. I just ruined the whole movie for you. Zeus is, uh, oh, so this is almost like a Jesus type of origin story. Uh, it's a, it's a old Greek mythology origin story, but fact is, Gal Gadot looked amazing. She's a hot Israeli model. She was in the IDF, so she knows how to kill people, specifically Arabs. Uh, <laughs> But she's a six-foot-tall, hot brunette model who, by the way, did not bitch at all about having to lose weight and work out for, like, six months to fit into the fucking outfit that she couldn't breathe in. Super fucking tight outfit she wears in the entire, the entire movie. It's part of the gig. It is part of the gig. She went with it. But, of course, I was just waiting. I was, like, counting, looking at my watch I don't wear since I owned a swatch in the, in the 90s. <laughs> and I decided that wrist, wrist watches were not for me. Uh... I was waiting for the story about the gender pay gap, how she got paid less than the male superhero, superheroes. And I waited and waited, not long, and then the, then the article started coming out. Mm-hmm. The problem was, it turned, so she got paid $300,000 to do Captain, uh, to do Wonder Woman, which doesn't sound like a lot. And you're like, oh my God, people probably got paid millions. But it turns out Chris Evans got $300,000 to do the first Captain America. And Chris Hemsworth, another good-looking, empty-head, empty-head poor actor, got paid $200,000 to the first Thor movie. I would have thought it would be more, but are they just backloading the deals more? Yeah, the deals are all backloaded. They, these are all three-picture deals because you can't hire someone to be in one movie because they're making like 30 fucking DC comic movies. You're going to be in them. You're going to be Wonder Woman in like 10, 10 more movies. In fact, she's slated to be in 10 more movies, and the deals keep getting progressively much richer to the point that, like, you know, Jennifer Lawrence probably got paid $300,000 to be in the first Hunger Games, and the last one she got paid like $25 million. 
Because once you're the character, they can't easily change you. You become synonymous with the character, mm-hmm. and they know you're stuck there. So just like in just like in the NBA or football, they start you out in the fucking five hundred thousand dollars, and within three or four years, you're making millions of dollars. It's a structure. It's a structured kind of thing. So everyone's like, "Oh, Wonder Woman made three hundred million dollars. She got paid three hundred thousand. Gender pay gap." Then was like, "Well, well, then she got paid the same as Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth, who were also." good-looking, empty-headed, model-looking people who fit the suit, right? Yeah. Chris Hemsworth, by the way, uh, very close to Mark Wahlberg for the worst actor working in Hollywood. <laughs> he's just... These are guys who, like, are very good in, like, one role. And Mark, Chris Hemsworth. He's the guy who plays Thor. Uh, I never saw that. Blond, uh, he's a big, huge, muscular, blonde guy who he looks like Thor. He was kind of funny in the, uh, the new... Uh, American, fuck, what's it called? Vacation movie with. Uh, oh, that I didn't see. Was in that. He's, they tried to make him a leading man in three or four different action adventure movies, and he's just a two, very two dimensional personality. Well, he's just a hunky, good looking guy. I mean, so in the Wonder Woman, they didn't pay like Chris Pine like way more than Gal Gadot. Oh, I'm right? sure they did. He's a he's a he's a the captain of the fucking Star Trek. He's a big actor. He's the draw. No one's no. If you looked at the ratings of who people knew, Chris Pine's the actor in the movie everybody knew. No one's ever heard of Gal Gadot. She was in three Fast and Furious movies and a white tight tank top for like a few scenes. So she is the lead. I mean, we we know that this isn't how movies work, but to play devil's advocate, she is the main, the titular character. She is. And but she's his, getting paid less. But the point is, I think, towards marketing, they could have got another hot brunette a, a model to play the role. And in right. fact, the director, didn't even, the director, turns out, didn't even want her to be Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. So I think it's seen as like, you're replaceable. Now, by the way, you're no longer replaceable, so now you get paid a lot more money for the next movies. But they had to go to this painful exercise of saying, like, okay, she got paid the same as Chris Evans and uh, Chris Hemsworth, who, by the way, are really good similarity examples, since they're all just sort of models who <laughs> wear the suit and do CGI action scenes. Yeah. And look in the distance at the sun and <laughs> try to look very, very, very profound and provocative. She kept looking in the distance, and they had a, the fan on her hair the whole time. So her hair was blowing the dishes. They have to take. They have to load up on steroids too. You know, she, Those guys she do. doesn't need to do that. Uh, I mean, they, they should get paid a little more. Just, just to that. starve herself. So there's that. But, yeah, that's uh, true. And she was she was a mother. I think she just gave birth, so she had to starve herself quite a bit. But whatever, three hundred thousand dollars for you know twelve weeks work is still not a bad deal, especially when the next one's three million dollars. So they said like, oh, she appeared in a previous Superman Batman movie. It was one of one. So technically, this is her second movie. So she was being screwed as a woman. Matt, will you now admit to me there is no gender pay gap, specifically in Hollywood, where people are making millions of dollars? And then, by the way, she has a high-powered William Morris agent. That's what I was going to say. Is her agent the sexist here? Who's like... Uh, also a woman, by the way. Also, hey, uh, She has one of the highest-powered female agents in Hollywood. It's a clear scale for how we do this, so if that's not what was happening, I, I don't see how that went through, unless her agent's incompetent, or, or maybe the story's just Or totally being paid off by the patriarchy to... Uh, Compound the, the compound the, the, the travails of women in Hollywood. Yeah, very. She has a very very sharkish female William Morris agent. You think she went like, yeah, we'll take less because she's a woman. <laughs> that sounds that sounds good to me. This is all made up, isn't it? Matt? We're gonna have a story every week about gender pay gap. I think. Yeah, it's just, like usually, uh, it's good when stories offer some proof of the uh, premise of the story. <laughs> yes. I, I find. There is, I, I think I've said this before, there is one area where there is a gender pay gap and that is at the very bottom rung of the labor market where women, domi- women by large number dominate the, the minimum wage jobs. Mm-hmm. It's low skilled, low education jobs in this country. And it's because they're low skilled and low education they're getting the low paid jobs. 
But that's an, uh, that's a bigger issue. But women do. Yeah, it's like eighty percent of like minimum wage jobs are held by women. So it is a there is a wage gap there for women, but it's based on underlying conditions, not based on sexism necessarily. And that, by the way, will never ever be in an article you'll ever read. <laughs> you'll never read anywhere. I, I have to find. I have to go searching for that article really hard. That'll ever be a headline like Wonder Woman getting paid less than Captain America. Yeah. What is this new fucking elite? It's it's almost like conservatism. It's like. Uh yeah, there's this huge problem, uh, but don't talk to us unless you know you're making 200 grand a year. Like that's that's where the real discrimination comes in with these. Uh, well, because you can't get clicks on your story unless it's about Wonder Woman. <laughs> no one cares about Beatrice, who's working Tyson Foods like in Iowa for like five sixty an hour and lost three fingers. You just don't see stories about that anymore. I think you used to see stories about that. Well, you know, women go to college a lot more than men now too, and just like you were saying, college doesn't really uh, prepare you for the job market. Whereas no. guys might get into pipe fitting or plumbing or whatever. Um, so I'm, I mean, I think there's probably a correlation there between actually going to college more and then, you know, first of all, that's four years at least that you're uh, not even in the job market. Yeah. And so you start later and you're probably not qualified for any job when you get out half the time because women also major in liberal arts uh, programs more often than STEM. In girly, in girly studies, mm-hmm. <laughs> women's, women's studies. I think it should be a major now in college where, like, men are shitty. And then women can all just sign up for just horrible things about men, where women can go there for four years, just talk shit about men, and just get out of work and try and get a job at HuffPo. And yeah. like they're all trying to get a job at the same, at the same just place. The, the way nature works is that, that doesn't pay very well. No, it, it really doesn't. But, so this like, reminds me of that story of the Silicon Valley firm. Uh, Peter Thiel's firm was being sued because they only had 40% Asian males working in their IT staff, whereas 80% of the, of the qualified applicants were Asian male. Like, there's no women here in Silicon Valley. Like, there's no women engineers. Like, what are we supposed to do? It's like, this is one of those jobs we can't fake it. We can't just hire women to be, like, programmers when they don't know how to program. <laughs> it's going to show. Yeah. This is not like a market, mid-level marketing uh, advertising manager where we can kind of fake it because no one knows what the fuck marketing is. <laughs> you know, the app kind of has to work. So, you know, Google has to work. has to return a search or it's not going to really sell well. So... I, that's my gender pay gap story of the week. I, I really, I think at some point this whole thing needs to go away. Matt, Bill Cosby is a fan of yours. Although, interestingly enough, unlike the rest of the world, you only became a fan of his in the last couple of years. <laughs> so most people love Cosby through the 80s to like the 2000s and 10s when I found out that he... It was really, here's a weird, one of the weirdest stories ever. Is Bill Cosby never technically had intercourse with any of the women he slept with, drugged and slept with. Hmm. He never stuck his dick inside of them, which wouldn't make it any, wouldn't make it any better, but somehow to me makes it less, would make it less creepy, sort of in a way. It's safer, I guess. It's just less, we, I mean, the guy, the idea that he wants to drug women and have them be sort of unconscious when he, when he fucks them is obviously wrong and weird and, and criminal in some way and, and deviant. But isn't it more deviant that he knocked them out and they just started coming in their ears and between their toes and started doing weird shit with them? That, to me, always made it worse. So how do they, how do they know that he never fucked them? Uh, because they would find the, his sperm like in their, in their ear canals. <laughs> <laughs> well, you asked the question. Bridie asked the question. They would find sticky goo on various parts of their body, not their genitals. I mean, you would think... I think, I think a woman would know if she had been penetrated when she woke up. You would th- I guess you're right. If, if, I guess if a guy was... Um, 
roofing women and and taking advantage of them, I had just assumed that he was actually putting his dick in. No, it was like that makes him even weird. That, that to me is that's very like you know horror novel kind of thing. That's really like serial killer kind of thing. Yeah, it is. Like that's, that's Buffalo Bob kind of thing. Like making making suits out of their skin or something. Like I don't want to have sex with them. I want to do some weird degrading sort of weird thing to their body. I think he had like a special bag that he carried around, like his black bag. Like, yeah, it's very Dr. Giggles. Dr. Huxtable, yes, yes. uh, It's just creepy. It's creepier. I mean, men... The ritual of it, you know? Men and rape women you see as animals. They're just animals, right? But a guy who's like coming in between a girl's toes when she's passed out, (laughs) that's just just wrong. That's just plain wrong and even worse than the actual rape rape itself. That's why I always wanted to be convicted on because I think... I think you agree with me on this. Tell me if I'm wrong. That uh, we take the sexist, misogynist side that a lot of these women went to his place to have sex. I mean, they went to his hotel room at 2 in the morning to have cocktails. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I would agree that they kind of assumed there would be sex t- taking place. Probably assumed he would make a move. Yeah, they probably, let's put this, they probably showered before they went. They probably put on something nice. Well, most of them were going to get help with their careers for him to do them favors. And I, I think most people understand usually when you do someone a favor that you want something in return a lot of the time. Yeah, or just anytime a man who's 45 or 50 invites you to his hotel room at 2 o'clock in the morning and asks you to come alone. That perhaps sexual insist. Anytime sexual a guy does something, if you go to the mechanic and the mechanic says, you know what? This one's on me. I'm just going to fix the alignment. He wants to fuck you, and don't pretend that you don't know that. Yes, but I think he doesn't expect it to happen, whereas Cosby expected it to happen. I think the woman knew that Cosby expected it to happen, especially when he shows up in his robe. He was wearing a weird robe all the time (laughs) in his room. And some guy, his, 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 his entourage guy, is escorting you up to his hotel room. How does a woman who's a model, by the way, who's been like, Taken advantage of slash molested slash in these situations for at least ten years, not know this is what about this is what about to ensue. But maybe before they could run away or say no, they were passed out. Yes, he gave. I, I think in some cases they probably didn't know they were being roofied. In some cases they knew that they were being lubricated in some way. Uh-huh. But you know, so the, here's the thing: the sec, I think that that criminal on a technical level, whether or not it was criminal, I think it was sort of up in question, you know, in doubt. The thing that happened was 60 women, 60 women came out. Wait, how is it not criminal? You can't drug someone. Uh, no, he claimed that they took it, they took it uh, uh, willingly. He claimed they took drugs. They did wrong. He, he claims they did like X or they did like quaaludes together and, uh, that, that they had, and that they had some sort of sexual activity afterwards. Okay, because no one's like, oh, yeah, quaaludes, right, right, right. Because no one's like, yeah, I want a roofie. Let's party. No, he was like saying like, oh, here, I, here's, a, here's a cool cocktail that'll make you feel really loose. Let's drink them together and then have sex. And that they agree, and they agreed to, and there's no evidence that he forced them to dr- to take anything, and there is no evidence. But that he-, he wasn't like this kind of cocktail makes you pass out, and then I can. Well, they, they, they claim, the girl claimed that he gave her like Benadryl. This in this case, so the girl looks like Screech from Saved by the Bell. Ear, ear, <laughs> eerily so. By the way, can we admit that the worst part about this co- the current Cosby case is the fact the way the woman the way the woman looks in the case. She's a very manly. She's a lesbian, by the way. She's a very manly, tall, former basketball playing le- like a, a lesbian. I wouldn't who, say that's the worst part. Well, no. If you look behind the horrible crime committed, but I mean, in terms of his legacy, that is his picture next to her, and the fact that he had he pat, made her pass out, and then he did sexual things with her. It's just a hard one, even as a guy who like want to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's just hard for guys to like get into that notion that that's something that any guy would do. Well, my theory is that. Even 
even someone on the level of Cosby, you know, once you get up in up in age and you look like a, a really middle aged square, frankly, like you're not fucking a ton of hot twenty. You don't think so? Well, that's, that's the thing that always bugged me about Clinton was like the girls he was the lady. I mean, the girl he was caught with and the girls he was picking was always like. I'm like, look, JFK had Marilyn Monroe and the and the gangster and the gangster's hot wife and stuff like that. At some level, guys look at these guys doing gross things with the girls, and they look at the girl. Yeah. If the girl's hot, it's a Victoria's Secret model. Uh, like we talked about earlier, they'd be like, oh, I kind of get it. But if it looks like Screech or it looks like Monica Lewinsky, you kind of go like, really, seriously, dude? Well, it's you risked you risk every you risked everything for this. For I mean, this. you've been there. It's not like there's hot models walking around the White House. Aren't no, there? but Cosby had his choice. And by the way, some of the girls were hot models that he was with. This one turned out to be a bad one. Uh, isn't Cosby getting away with it, Matt? That's the question that uh, Ethan wrote. Isn't Cosby getting away with it? Just admit it. I don't have to admit it, but. He is going to go to his grave never being convicted of a crime. It looks that way. There was a hung jury. I don't know if there was more than one um, dissenter, uh, dissenting juror. Uh, They haven't said. There was an alternate juror who said he would have voted to convict. But it was a a mistrial after three attempts of the judge to get them to convict on somebody. And it seems like this is the case in every celebrity case ever, which is always going to be at least one or two or more people who just refuse to convict a celebrity of anything. I was... Uh, yeah, I guess there's that. I was more assuming it was a black guy just being like, no, I don't. Like, well, here's. The, I don't know. It's Connecticut. Are there black people in Connecticut? I think there was two black jurors. They had to have two. I mean, you know, that's when the case is really won and, and lost is with the jury Oh, yeah. The, uh, uh, side note, Rebel Wilson, who you're also a fan of besides Cosby, uh, she won her case, her defamation case against the uh, Gossip Magazine in Australia. Hmm. She had a six all-female jury. I'm like, whoa! I was like, why do we even have the case? Just like if she got the all female jury, you're like, okay, what does she want? Right. Like that's like you said, it's over at that point, right? Like she was crying on the stand, talking about how they defamed her and ruined, ruined her career. Said she whatever, and like you probably women were all crying in the jury box. We're like, okay, here's a checkbook. What do you what do you need? Yeah. Why are we wasting everybody's time here? It's interesting that Australia only has six. Do we really need more than six? I mean, no. you got to realize anyone that can't get out of jury duty might be retarded in the first place. So yeah, probably, why not just pare it down? Probably watch a lot of TV land with Dr. Hushable <laughs> and the Cosby stuff. Uh, by the way, after, after the Cosby mistrial, his wife spoke up again for the first time and accused the media of, of trying to lynch him in the media or try him in the media and stuff like that. She has been quiet for a year, year and a half after a 60-woman... Proceeded to the microphones to talk about how their husband knocked them out and, 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 and came in their belly buttons and shit like that. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and now she's like, aha. It's a hung jury. And she's like, see? <laughs> yes. Yes. He's told a, you. He's a good man. And by the way, uh, he admitted he had sex with all 60 of these women and that he also took drugs with them and, and whatever else. Oh, so, wait. So he had sex with them when they were not impaired? No, while they were impaired. But I was saying, he, 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 it's not like he's saying these women were all lying about the sexual encounters. You mean so, he didn't have sex with them, he just jerked off on them? Yeah, but, I mean, his wife knows that he had at least 60 women back to his hotel room to jerk off on. Right, right. And she's still supporting him. That's a, that's, a tough, that's a tough role for a woman. You think she's just waiting for him to die? I think she's hoping beyond hope she's, he's dying, but he's already 80 now. It's, like, too late. Now it's kind of too late. She's not a young lady herself, you know? I think he's blind. Can you just kind of tip him down the stairs? Well, here's the point. Even if he was convicted by the time all the appeals ran out, he would never do jail. He's not going to put him in jail. He'd be dead or he'd be impaired. They never put him in jail. Well, he's know? being uh, careful already because he's going with the blind thing. Like, yeah, the cane. There's no way he's blind. <laughs> he's got the cane. And by the way, he, every time he goes to, to the courthouse every day, he had to bring like two friends with him to show that he has like people backing him. And he really dug deep in like the D-list of celebrities. 
Yeah, I had to look up the names of the guys. They're all like this comic from like the seventies. Like it's the chick from the show. She showed up one time because she she's made it. like, "Well, this, you know, this guy that's jerking off on the uh, passed out. That's not the Cosby I know." It's like, no. "Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure if that was the Cosby that you knew, you would have never been on the show because he would have probably either been in jail, but certainly they would not have allowed him to continue working with children." Yeah, and by the way, he made me twenty five million dollars just as a, as a side <laughs> note. Also, if he gets convicted, they never run the Cosby Show ever again, so you lose all the ro- you lose all the continuing royalties. Right. So she's a little disinterested, but he actually read. He found you might know the names of the guys. I forget the names of the guys. They were black comedians, like barely recognizable from the seventies. Like Jimmy two, Walker. No, no, below like Jimmy Walker. Uh-huh. Like guys who did some, you know, traveling stand up. You know, like in the thirty or forty years ago. Right. Go, oh, we're we're, we're with Bill one hundred percent, ten percent. We used to rape chicks together. Yeah. Well, so, by the way, so I would like to see the guy who got him all the fucking lewds and roofies and shit like that to be convicted. That's the guy who should be convicted. Matt, let me ask you. Uh, I know you played with dolls when you were a child. And by child, I mean until you were 30. Um, did you have a Barbie set? Ever have a Barbie and Ken set in your house? Uh, yeah, my sister had the Barbies and Ken. Were you the kind of brother who uh, ex- blew up her Barbie and Ken set with the fireworks? Or were you the kind who offered to play with her and be Ken and, and, and have tea parties? Uh, neither. I think I just ignored it. I had the a He-Man um, castle that my parents got from a garage sale. Ooh, nice. By the way, if you ever look back in those toys, you can see how lame they were. They're like fucking the, garbage. The castle was like a cardboard, a little <laughs> Chinese cast plastic piece of crap that was like <laughs> three inches high. Well, the one He-Man, I will say, they had a, a character called Stinkor, and he was like a mutated skunk. Yeah. The figure, the action figure actually smelled like a skunk. Oh, really? That, that was like, I was like, these fuckers are genius when I was As like, opposed five. to the uh, the, un- the unvarnished Chinese plastic that always made you <laughs> intoxicated. The worst, this, most disappointing toy I ever had in my entire life. I had a one toy. I was allowed one toy as a child in my Skinner box. And it was like a fake, G- it was a knockoff G.I. Joe. So it wasn't even the real G.I. Joe. It was like a fake G.I. Joe. And he came with his enemy was a gorilla who was half his size. <laughs> Which, really, I think, I think the only reason I, I'm semi-creative this day is I had to make up stories between a six-foot-tall man battling a three-foot-tall gorilla, evil, evil gorilla with no weapons. Like, that would be a tough fight. Yeah, you got to get pretty creative with the storylines. Oh, yeah, the gorilla would jump from the ceiling and on him because it had to be unexpected attacks. Because the gorilla came from it was a three-foot-tall simian came at you from the front, unarmed. You really wouldn't have a lot of trouble. You wouldn't have a lot of trouble with it. So that 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 monkey was always coming up with some ingenious plots. I'll tell you that. Uh, so the new Ken dolls, Matt. Uh, everyone is trying to like looks at Barbie dolls as a social construct of how we're move, progressing as a society, which makes no, never makes any which sense. Means to me. you're kind of a loser if you do that. By the way, it means you're a loser and you buy the fact that Mattel gives a shit about diver- diversity and gender progression and gender neutrality and stuff like that, as opposed to just making lots of money selling more and more toys. And not having boycotts outside their offices, so now you can get a Ken dolls in the shape, in the shape and form of modern day millennial looking guys, which includes white dudes with cornrows, man man buns. Uh, there's Asian Ken, which actually makes sense. Uh, oh, it's white dudes with cornrows. Yes, it's white dudes with cornrows. Uh, the black dudes they wouldn't give cornrows because that would be racist. See, I don't know uh, if this is some sort of racism. It's probably just being out of touch and really. The people that are making 200 grand a year having no idea what the fuck they're talking about. But uh, young people don't have cornrows, uh, especially white people. I think there's only like one guy in the NBA with cornrows. <laughs> it was it was Gary Oldman in True Romance, which is one of my, my favorite characters ever. Uh, you're right. But I think this is what it is. All these companies now have diversity officers and diversity managers. 
And their job is basically just to, to pretend that corporate America is really into, <laughs> into really sensitivity about diversity and to make up really, really incredibly stupid shit that will get a lot of media attention to show how diverse they are. <laughs> but here's my question. So there's like 15 different Ken dolls now, and it's supposedly like it's going to make everyone feel better about the fact they now look like Ken. I don't quite get it. And the same with Barbie. There's like 20 different Barbie. You can get fat Barbie. You can get like... Asian Hmong Barbie, you know, whatever, bar, Russian, Russian sex whore Barbie. So Barbie. is Ken like, uh, like a guy that's into disguises? Or well, no, what, but here's when's the, the last time you saw 12 guys in a room and they're all named Ken? Why, why didn't they not just create new... This shows you how, literally, how, how not fully committed they are to this concept. They couldn't even come up with separate character names. <laughs> they weren't willing to, to spend the money it would take to create like a Chris and a Javon or whatever to come up with these actually like ethnic characters. They just called them all fucking Ken. And so Ken was always a white guy with no dick. He was a waspy guy with no dick. He owned like a sports a Corvette, and Barbie hung out with him. Total asshole. Total asshole Ken, but he was the guy we all knew. It was in the 50s. He was the guy from the 50s. You saw him in like Porky's or whatever. He was that guy. Mm-hmm. And he was Ken. Why not fucking... This is the same thing when they create like females now as male characters from comic books. Or now they're going to be black or Muslim. They're going to be Muslim or whatever. Why not, if you're really into this, why not take the extra bit of money it's going to cost and actually create new characters that are ethnic, you know, ethnically diverse and, and gender diverse and sexually diverse or whatever it is, instead of just taking, making Ken with fucking a man bun, man bun and, a, and a deck shirt. I have no idea. And, and we're also, I'm sure this is happening as we speak, someone's writing on, like, Jezebel, how it's racist to call the black guy Ken, and why does the black guy have to have a white guy name that was originally for the white character... Uh, oh, there's no. Win- the whole point of this is winning some argument that you and I both agree is stupid. It's winning an argument with the media and people who care about this stuff, which I think is still a tiny percent of people in this country. Well, you're. I mean, I guess you're supposing that Mattel, that these corporations that are just selling overpriced shit to bad parents, are no, somehow all made by slave labor in China. Yeah, that they're somehow influencing the culture. Whereas I think that. They're, they're, no one really cares that much. It's just a crappy toy. No, like when they blame anorexia on Barbie all those years and all that stuff like that in women's magazines. Women creating magazines in unattainable goals for women was, was creating anorexia. I just, it seems like a false commitment. And this led me to my epiphany I had last night. I think I Skyped you. Uh, was that uh, college-educated white women are ruining this country <laughs> because I've kind of boiled it down to like all this annoying... PC fucking diversity bogus crap that is grounded in no reality whatsoever. Wage gender wage gap. I think it's all a big a big audience among like college four year liberal arts college educated white women, mm-hmm. and nobody else really deep down gives a damn. But they have so much influence in like the media now, and even down like making Ken doll with fucking cornrows because they control all the blogs, they control all these like mid level marketing jobs. All this stuff, and I think we're kowtowing to like what is probably like I don't know five percent of the population or less. And perhaps this five percent is is privileged enough that they uh, have all this extra money to spend on bullshit, and so they're they're fucking rabid consumerism. They're actually they think that like uh, the coal miners in West Virginia base their some sort of self worth on yes. the shit they can buy. Well, also they they as a fact, a statistical fact, they dominate social media. Yeah. And there was a new study out saying that uh, only 10% of people actually comment on social media posts, actually write comments or re, or, re- or share social media posts. Hmm. 10%. And I assume most of those are girls who went to Vassar. <laughs> it's running about 
And they're all running like if you look at all the all the blogs, even like when you talk about like you know the cinema blog, the movie review blogs, talk about Wonder Woman and gender pay gap. It is all these same young women who are controlling this discussion, and there's so much media attention paid, especially to social media, that they're driving a whole bunch of change in, in you know everything and the things we're allowed to do in colleges and corporations and products by basically privileged white women out of college. That was my epiphany, Matt. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think I would agree with that. I, I don't think that the black woman taking the bus to work cares about the Ken doll and would no. probably make fun of you if you brought it up to her. No, they don't care. About, they don't care about it at all. Or this gender preferred they don't have time to care about it. Preferred gender. No, because they care about the basics. Because when you when you don't have to care about the basics, when you don't have to worry about paying the rent, a lot of stupid shit comes to your head. <laughs> That's what I've what I've learned. Like when you're when you're, all your bases, all your essentials are covered. That's when human beings start coming up with dumb ideas. Yeah. Well, you're also, I mean, f- fairly fucking uh, fickle in that you're prioritizing something that doesn't matter when, like, you know, obviously there's a lot of other problems right now, the EPA being dismantled, for one, and uh, whatever else. What? But, the EPA's uh, been dismantled. <laughs> Brian, get the EPA on the phone for me. Well, you want to care about a, a fucking doll versus, like, I don't know, the... Attorney General being investigated for uh, what? This seems like college, this seems like college. This seems like college dorm room stoner like discussions. Yeah, and that like everyone grows out of after college. And I think this class of specifically women are just maintaining that that whole that whole drive post college into their twenties into their professional jobs, mostly in the media, heavily in the media and on social media, and continuing that sort of protest march, feminist college level like. Discourse where I have a shitload of free time. Someone's paying my room. Someone's paying my room and board. I got six hours free today to be on the internet, and th- I'm just going to carry this on through my in my 20s into my 30s. I think but that's driving a big part of the conversation. Why don't people sort of, I don't know, pundits or whoever, when, when someone says. You know, I, I really think that we need to make uh, Elsa from the Frozen franchise dike out with another <laughs> um, c- cartoon on screen. Why don't, why don't someone go? Uh, you're a pseudo intellectual twat. Why don't you shut the fuck up? Because they're sca- they're scared of of a of a like a viral hashtag. <laughs> because because I, I honestly think people are in corporate America now. They're just scared. Like the people, all the old white guys who still kind of run thing are just scared of social media. So when someone who's like 25 in their office goes like, "This is going to be really bad on social media on Instagram," they go, "Oh, well, what do we do? What do we do?" Like they have no idea. Just this, the technology is beyond them at this point, right? And they're just they're just completely lost. And I think that that wave of hysteria is just taking over. They just listen to whatever the 25 year olds have to say. Fearing a, a hashtag, a, a hundred character <laughs> yes phrase that doesn't even really exist outside of ones and zeros. You can see what's happening. To, you can see what's happening to Uber. With basically just an entire social media backlash against Uber, mm-hmm. and all their top executives are gone, are gone. They're all out of the company. And Uber probably does lots of horrible shit, but like stuff is not even that horrible. They're being called on for everything because there's a huge anti-Uber backlash on social media. Mm-hmm. And the board's just replacing everybody. Even the board member had to replace himself because he made a joke about women being talkative. <laughs> like literally, he made a joke to Ariana Huffington, the board member, like a 65-year-old board member, made a joke about, Ariana Huffington said, like, oh, we hope there'll be more, you know, the, one of the upsides of 
having more women on the board will be so-and-so. He goes, well, if there's more women on the board, of course, there'll be more chatty conversation or something like that. That's all he said. <laughs> he had to resign in, a dis- in disgrace <laughs> for making that comment because he got picked up on social media. There was a huge anti-Uber thing. Uber fits, it fits into the profile. And then he had to re- remove himself from the board of, dire- from the board of directors. At 65, after with no other history of saying anything the least bit misogynistic. Even it's though a, it's kind of true also. Well, yeah, it's totally true. And by the way, if you had to listen to Ariana Huffington talk, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> that'd be enough for me never to vote for another woman on the board. Uh, it's a witch hunt. It's basically a witch hunt, essentially. Now, let me tell you in our final statement today what has my panties in a bunch. Elizabeth Banks. You know who Elizabeth Banks is? Yeah, she um, she plays the hot chick in, in movies. I haven't seen her in anything recently. Well, she hasn't been the hot chick in a while in movies. She was in... She uh, was fucking smoking hot, though, in uh, the Judd Apatow um, yes. knocked up movie. No, except that wasn't that wasn't her. Oh, it's not? No, that was Catherine Heigl. Oh. <laughs> Elizabeth Banks is an attractive woman in her 40s, a blonde woman in her 40s. She played... She never played, like, the hot woman. She was always attractive. She never played, like, the hot, hotty hot woman. She was always the sort of good-looking friend. Uh, most recently, she was in the uh, Rita Repulsa in the Power Rangers movie. With the, the first lesbian Power Ranger, by the way. Is that a live-action movie? It's a live-action movie. She played a cartoonish character in the live-action movie. Her name's Rita Repulsa? Yes. <laughs> so she got and she's lesbian? No, the Power Ranger, uh, the uh, yellow Power Ranger was a lesbian, it turned out. Oh. Yeah, so Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is, so here's my theory. There is like, they always say like, so there was a big, every, every story, media story, like in a variety of stuff, big women symposium in Hollywood on women in Hollywood or power women in Hollywood or women helping women in Hollywood. It's like every fucking day now. There is like a women's conference or seminar or symposium. I love the word symposium. That makes it sound like everyone who is going is really smart. Mm-hmm. It's the same people who went to the gala. But at a symposium, all of a sudden, they're really, they're really, these models and actors are really smart now because it's a symposium. What we're doing right now is just a really shitty symposium. It's, a, it's the shittiest symposium I've ever been to. <laughs> so they had a, but they have like every, at least three times a week, there's a women's power symposium or award show for women or women being women or women under 40 or power women, women helping women. Women doing shit. And this is all, by the way, again, it's always white women again. And, and women who are like no longer minorities in Hollywood and have power positions. Like the president of one studio congratulating the executive VP of another studio for overcoming so much adversity. Let's see, it's like a networking thing or something you can put on your resume. Yes, but really, ultimately, what it is is bashing men. It's, just, it's all about bashing men in Hollywood. And by the way, I don't mind that because I know, like you, men in Hollywood and men in them deserve to be bashed. But it's just, whole, it's just, it's just a big, wide. Are fucking, they literally bashing? Like they're saying, like uh, guys are fucking piece of shit or whatever. Well, it's funny you should mention that because Elizabeth Banks at this. At this most recent forum, bash Steven Spielberg. First of all, who takes on the most powerful Jew in Hollywood? That just shows fairly bad career choice. That just shows that just shows you've given up on your career at that point. <laughs> so basically, we, the old joke about women being done in Hollywood when they're thirty-five or forty is not a joke. It's totally true. We just know we just know that for a fact. There is a small number of people who are good actresses who have been either typecast or are bankable stars who continue to work past thirty-five or forty as women. But the rest become like, uh, you know, uh, Rose McGowan, where they just rail against the machine. Well, it kind of, it's not necessarily Hollywood. It sort of mirrors society. I mean, you're basically done at the bar when you're 40, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, you're done, you're done, well, you're done at pro sports when you're 35, right? It's the same idea because you're getting older and people, it's a youth, it's a youth-oriented business. And by the way, that goes behind the screens as well because good luck getting a writing job when you're in your 40s in Hollywood. 
It's, it was law, they have to be, have lawsuits about that. And this is for writing jobs. They don't want. They basically want people in their twenties because that's their audience. They want people to reflect their audience. Yeah, yeah. old people are old people don't go to the movies, and they people just, want to fuck twenty five year old chicks a lot more yeah. than they do. They're 40s. just hotter than for. They just hot, they're just hotter. So when you turn like thirty five or forty as an actress in Hollywood, now your only choice is. Am I getting real work? If not, I'm going to go bash Steven Spielberg for being misogynist. For being misogynist. I just, that's, just, that's just fucking Harry Carey, right? That's just suicide. But you're entering now a new phase when you're going to be lauded by women as being a powerful woman speaking truth to power. Yeah. And they have these symposiums where you have to give, stand up and give, like, testify to how men have been bad to you. We talked about the bikini story earlier from Emmy Rossum. So Elizabeth Banks said, like, talking about female uh, directors. How there's no, if we had female directors, then we'd have more female leads. Again, the Wonder Woman thing. And she directed a movie or two. Elizabeth Denk directed a movie or two. Uh, and she said, Steven Spielberg, I'm calling you out. You've never had a female lead before in any of your movies. So I'm sorry, but I'm calling you out. Hmm. And then Sherry Belafonte, who was there, said, uh, what about the color? Because she's black. What about the color purple he did in the early 80s? And no, oh, no, you, you don't think you're talking about. That wasn't Spielberg. <laughs> like, you know, like, it ruined her point because everyone was like, kind of excited. Like, oh, she's calling out Spielberg. And he's a, he's a misogynist and she's a powerful woman. Yeah, we're Googling his IMDb as <laughs> yes. we speak. And you apparently are wrong about this. And she was dismissive. Like, really, she even said dismissive of Sherry Belafonte for providing the actual truth. Because Belafonte wants to keep working. And she's also like, <laughs> by the way, the, probably the only black woman in the room. So she remembers the color purple. And she's like, that was a big thing when Spielberg made a fucking movie starring Oprah and Whoopi Goldberg. Because, I mean, unattractive minority actors to lead a huge budget film was a big thing for Spielberg in the early 80s. You love 80s films, but you don't watch uh, minority films. Uh, <laughs> but at the time, he'd come off Jaws and E.T. and stuff like that in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And he used all his juice, basically, to make a film about the suffering of uh, black people starring unattractive black ladies. Okay. It was, a big, it was a big thing for him to do. And I don't think he did it just because of that reason, but he wanted to do it as a passion project. He played all his cards for that purpose, not to make another fucking Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that. So it was, a, it was you know, he, he deserves some credit cred for that. Uh, so later on, she apologized and said, oh, I, I'm sorry, I only saw his... I saw his, I've only seen his recent work like Indiana Jones and Jaws. <laughs> Showing your age a little bit <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not his recent work. As someone pointed out, Jaws was a female shark, so just saying that. Uh, well, it, and, yeah, I mean, the problem with this is uh, a small town, let's take Jaws, for example, because I, I know the movie, surly ship captain and shark nerd and small town sheriff. Did you want to put a woman in that role and totally ruin the movie? No, I think nowadays you probably would make... There probably would be a female somewhere in that cast. Like the nerdy scientist would be a woman. Like the only person that can catch the shark. The, the yes. salty, alcoholic yes. sea captain. Yes. Will, will be Helen Hunt. Yes. Right. The movie would suck a lot more if we did that. Helen Hunt reference, dude. Come on. <laughs> you do love 80s movies. That's pretty bad. Uh, he's a male director. He, he did very male-oriented or boy boyish coming-of-age stories. Why is that not okay? What if that's what he likes to do? Well, yeah, I, I, talk, I mentioned this. Patty Jenkins, the female director of Wonder Woman, has only made movies with female leads. That's what she, she wants to tell stories of strong women. That's her thing. And no one goes like, that's horrible and sexist and shit like that. You can't do that. They're like, oh, Patty Jenkins, applause, applause, applause. So he's not doing it. I don't think Spielberg's saying, I hate women. I'm not going to cast women. He's just saying, I identify with stories about guys that remind me of myself or my childhood. He makes, like, like, war movies and movies about criminals. I mean, he makes all kinds of movies, but obviously he sort of has a male... He more identifies with male characters. You don't think he can redo Schindler's List with, like, a lady? <laughs> like, just like... <laughs> 
<laughs> a house frau. Well, here's, a, here's what has my patties in a bunch. It's not only Elizabeth Banks and the fact that women now have to, like, turn to the mis- misandry, my new favorite word, side to actually have, like, a voice in Hollywood now when, you, when, you've just, when it's all over. You have to turn to the male bashing side. It's that they have these symposiums and seminars and forums where you are expected to talk like you are just like, you know, it's like, it's like a church revival. You're expected to testify right. and you have to testify on the ills of man, men in, in Hollywood. That creates a whole we've created a whole landscape where people like kind of on the fence who aren't diehard anti-male bashers are now forced into that situation. I reminds, it reminds me of me being a Jew at YMCA camp when they brought the Bible out. And they're like, who loves Jesus? I'm like, well, I love Jesus. Don't fucking kill me. I'm like, I love Jesus too. Right. Uh, that's what I, I mean. There's no, and there's no male equivalent to this. I mean, there probably used to be a male equivalent where fucking Walt Disney hung out or something like that. An all male club with cigars and talking shit about chicks. That's just long. That's just long gone. Right, right. Uh, but somehow this sexism is just accepted as fact. And now they're bashing Spielberg. Going so far as to bash Steven Spielberg in Hollywood. It's just fucking kamikaze behavior. It's just kamikaze behavior. Yeah, and also a guy with no history of misogyny and that no reasonable person, unless they have inside information that I'm not aware of, thinks he actually is a, a sexist person. Dude, she picked on the most powerful Jew in Hollywood. <laughs> I can tell you that that's just like, you don't do that lightly. That's when you go, it's fucking, it's fu-. that's when you fucking take the knife to your fucking belly. That's when it's over. That's when there's nothing left for you. Yeah. There's no way you ever work again outside of one of these angry women putting you in a putting you in a film or giving you giving you a position because now if they don't you're seen as a woman who gets repercussions for speaking truth to power. Matt, you have something you wish to pimp and promote on the show? Uh, MattRalston.net and Twitter at Matthew Ralston. Are you speaking truth to power on your on your site as well? Yeah, it's a lot of shit about Kevin Durant. You should call out Spielberg. You call out Donald Trump. That was pretty profound. His wife is a whore. You should call out Spielberg. That's even tougher than Trump. Brian, what about you? Something? Uh, I saw your radio voice uh, things on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I'm still doing the Ventura County Pirates, their public address announcer. They're do do undefeated that, still. Do you do that voice when you're with your lady, the deep voice? Uh, this one here, the, uh, I don't know, it depends what mood she's in. Really? Know? Does she, ask, does can she ad- ask for the voice? I can adapt, yeah. Does she ask for the Barry, do a little Barry White? I want to thank Rocco's in Studio City. You guys were fantastic. Today. Give them a fake applause, fake applause, fake applause. Come for the pizzas and the skinny margaritas and whatever the hell Brian puts on his pizza. Rocco's in Studio City. This is Lex, last minute. Talk to you next week.